0: Welcome to the podcast. I'm Isaac Carroll and this is What Do I Know? This week I find that I have blurred the lines between what I know Scripture says and what I think Scripture is saying. I recently asked if anyone had a question concerning the scriptures that they would like to ask me, and that I might be able to give them an answer to. Now I didn't receive some great outpouring of questions, but I did come upon a question that made me stop and think. Now the question is based off a passage of scripture. In Acts 19, when Paul comes across some disciples in Ephesus, and he asked them if they had received the Holy Spirit when they believed. Now the question was, what did Paul see in these disciples that made him want to know if they had received the Holy Spirit? I was familiar with this passage of scripture, but I never really thought anything about it. But I had to admit, once this question was asked, it did seem kind of odd. I find that questions like these really don't get answers. I believe God puts this kind of stuff in the scriptures to get us to seek, to get us to search. And by searching, we become closer to God. We form a better relationship with our Father because we're seeking after Him. I think that's why scripture says, You will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Now this question inspired me to do a podcast on the Holy Spirit. So I started writing guidelines. Guidelines to a podcast about the difference between being sealed with the Spirit and being filled with the Spirit. This is the reason why I believe that Paul asked if they had received the Holy Spirit when he came across these disciples. And we know that the Holy Spirit is a very important necessity for our salvation, and that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit the moment we believe. So let me give you some scripture so we can be in agreement on this before I move on. The first one will be in Ephesians 1, starting in verse 13. It says, and in him also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. The next one's in Acts, 2nd chapter, starting in verse 38. Since Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise belongs to you and your children, to all who are far off, to all whom the Lord our God will call to himself. Romans 8, starting in verse 9. You, however, are not controlled by the flesh, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. Second Corinthians 13, starting at verse 5, says, Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Can't you see for yourself that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless you actually fail the test. And I hope you will realize that we have not failed the test. Now, the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Christ. He's also called the Spirit of God. He has many names and titles in Scripture. And as we can see, by these few Scriptures, that He's a very important aspect of our salvation. Now, I have been going back and forth over the past few weeks on how I was supposed to approach this podcast concerning the Holy Spirit. And I have wrote, I don't know how many, guidelines. And... In my frustration, I have discarded them all. Now to tell you, I really want with all my heart to speak what I feel God lays on it. I want and I pray feverately that everything that I say, everything that I do concerning these podcasts is a direct product of what God gives me. So I've been wrestling in my spirit on what this message should be and how I should present it. And God really hasn't given me any peace on it. So I keep writing, hoping God will let me stumble onto whatever it is he wants me to say. I kind of feel like this lesson is as much or more for me than it is for you. Well, the Spirit didn't bring me to Acts 19 for no reason, so let me start there. It reads, And it happened that while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the interior country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples, and he asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, No. We had not even heard that there was a Holy Spirit. And he said, Into what then were you baptized? They said, Into the John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with a baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one coming after him that is, Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of Jesus Christ. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. And there were about 12 men in all. Now, this would be confusing to anyone who asked a question, were these men saved? Did they not know who Jesus was, and therefore they were not sealed with the Holy Spirit? until the message was made clear to them by the Apostle Paul. And then at that point, they received the Spirit. Now, if this is all we have, then we could possibly say that this is the case. But there's another incident that's very similar to this one. And it's earlier in Acts 8. It goes like this. I'll start in verse 4. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And there were all scattered throughout the region of Judea and Samaria except for the apostles. Now devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentations over him. But Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house, dragging off men and women and committing them to prison. Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Philip, he went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. And the crowds with one accord paid attention to what he was been saying by Philip. And when they heard him, They saw the signs that he did, for unclean spirits crying out with loud voices came out of many who had them, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was much joy in that city. But there was a man named Simon, who had previously practiced magic in the city, and amazed the people of Samaria, saying that he himself was someone great. They all paid attention to him from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the power of God that is called great. And they paid attention to him because he, for a long time, had amazed them with his magic. But when they believed Philip as he preached the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Even Simon himself believed. And after being baptized, he continued with Philip, and seeing signs and great miracles performed, he was amazed. Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John. Who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not fallen on any one of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now I can tell you by this passage in scripture that these people actually did hear about Jesus. And it says they believed and that they were baptized into Christ. Now, What would be the difference between those people in Samaria and, let's say, anyone in any of our churches today? We both heard about the gospel of Jesus, we both believed the message, and we were both baptized. So what's the difference? Okay, so it's going to seem like I've changed gears right in the middle of a podcast, but today this is Sunday, the 28th. And I went to church to fellowship and worship and hear the word of God spoken through my pastor. I noticed right away that things were different on stage this morning. Now, normally the worship leader would be up there getting ready to play and and lead us in praise to start our service. This morning, it looked like we were going to get an orchestra instead of our usual guitar, piano, and drums. Now, the musicians were consisting of our normal church members and a few staff members, including our pastor and children's pastor. And they were actually really good. And you could tell that they had spent a fair amount of time preparing and practicing because it was flawless and very professional. I was listening intently at the trumpet and saxophones, trying to make out individual players, for there was a young girl up there who was playing the saxophone amongst all the adults. And I thought, God, she must be really good to have been invited to play in front of all of us. And as I was watching them, inhale deeply and blow into the instruments for some reason this passage of scripture in john ran through my mind and it said jesus breathed unto them and said receive the holy spirit now if you want to you can look for this in john 20 and verse 22 it was at this point that other scripture passages started passing through my mind and as i sat there watching them breathe in to play more things came to mind. The next passage of scripture was in Acts 17, verse 28. It says, For in him we live and move and have our being. Now, isn't the Holy Spirit called Fuima in scripture, which means air, breath, or wind? Now, I could tell that it took a lot of wind to play these instruments. And I recall Genesis 2. Verse 7, Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed the breath of life into his nostrils, and the man became a living being. The next passage obviously came was Genesis 2. It says, The earth was formless and void, and the darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. So we see that God spoke through his spirit, and things were formed, they were made, and life began. I could feel the spirit within me starting to stir. I knew something was up. I knew God was trying to show me something here. And all I had to do was just keep quiet and listen. So I thought, what do I know about the spirit in the air? Passages passage of John came to mind in the third chapter. When he was talking to Nicodemus. says so Jesus answered, Truly, truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and of spirit. Flesh is born of flesh, but the spirit is born of the spirit. Do not be amazed that I said, You must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes. You hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. So we know that man can't live without breathing. And we also know that the body without the spirit is dead. It's no wonder that the Holy Spirit is referenced as phuema. The characteristics between the spirit and air were so very similar. But I found myself getting caught up in the moment. And I wanted more and more to hear and to know. And I found that I was starting to search my memory for anything that pertained to the Spirit instead of letting the Spirit lead me. For what does does the Scripture say? John 14, starting at verse 26, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things, and He will remind you of everything I have told you. Now I have a habit of jumping ahead. And the last thing I wanted to do was quench the Spirit. So it was at that point that I found the well had dried up. And I was left sitting there longing for more. I ended up having to ask God to forgive me. He had just blessed me with this in my mind and in my spirit. And here I was, not satisfied and wanted more. I wanted desperately to run home and begin writing because I didn't want to lose any part of that moment. I still had preaching in Sunday school to attend before I could commit any of this to paper, or actually I should say file on the computer. There's still so much to say about the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the manifestations of the Spirit. All these things we Christians should be seeking in our walk with Christ. I so much want an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in my life. I want to be a witness and I want to participate in a shaking of the Holy Spirit. I want every gift of the Spirit that God will pour out on me. And I know He will because His Word says He would. I want to speak in tongues. I want to prophecy. I want to lay my hands on the sick and see them instantly healed. I want it all. Everything that there is to have, I want to be a part of that. But Paul states this in 1 Corinthians 12. It reads like this. It says, Now you are the body of Christ. Each of you is a member of it. And in the church, God has appointed first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then workers of miracles, and those with gifts of healing of helping and administration and in various tongues. Then he asked these questions. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have the gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But eagerly desire the greater gifts. And now I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but I do not have love, I am only a ringing gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith as to move mountains, but I have not love, I have nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and exult in the surrender of my body, but I have not love, I have gained nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered and it keeps no account of wrongs. Love takes no pleasure in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. Love never fails. But where there is prophecy, they will cease. And where there are tongues, they will be restrained. And where there is knowledge, it will be dismissed. For now we know in part, and we prophecy in part. When the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. And when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man... I set aside childish ways. Now you see but a dim reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. But then I shall know fully. Even as I am fully known. And now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of all these is love. So Paul is stating that, yes, I should desire gifts but I should learn to love even more. For all these things are temporary, but love is eternal. And it says, much love covers over a multitude of sin. Now, I never would have thought this journey would have panned out like this. I seriously thought God wanted me to speak and talk about the feeling of the Holy Spirit. But it seems that that's what I wanted to talk about. I know I have seen the Spirit at work in my life. I know I have fruits of the Spirit, not all of them, but I'm still growing and I'm still learning. Maybe one day God will let the manifestation of His Spirit fall upon me in the form of tongues, in the form of prophecy, but until then I will humbly thank God that He has looked past my weaknesses, past my faults, past my sin, to let me be a part of His wonderful kingdom story. I ask and pray that God blesses you and makes you fruitful and bear much fruit for his kingdom. I'm going to end this here before I start trying to add on to what God has blessed me with. I love you. God love you. Goodbye.